0: Happy Friday. It is September 11th and we are talking politics as usual. I do want to recognize that tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Kind of tough to believe that we are 20 years out. Sometimes it seems like forever ago and sometimes it seems like just yesterday. Joining us today, Greg Hughes in the house. And we have a new face and friend in here, David Ibarra. And uh, David, before we get uh, chatting about all of the issues of the day, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for people that don't know.
1: Well, I'm a business owner in Salt Lake City. I have several businesses here in the United States and several abroad. I have lived downtown for 21 years I love downtown, or I used to, and I walk at night, well, I used to, now I have to walk during the day because it's not safe.
0: Okay, so we're going to get to the issues of why it's not safe okay. uh, coming up a little bit in the podcast. I figure since we have Greg and David here who both care a lot about the homelessness issue and uh, where it's going, where why we need to care, and maybe what changes need to happen, we'll get to that. I want to get back, though, before we get to the issues of the day of September 11th, uh, David, you first. Like, what are your thoughts? Because I think that when we get 20 years out, you think that everything would be less emotional. But I feel like as we relive and talk to some of these people uh, who were some of the rescuers, it feels just as raw and real as it did 20 years ago.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I don't think there's any of us that don't know exactly what we were doing at that exact moment. I was given a presentation um, in the east and uh, the first plane hit and uh, we stopped and were shook, and, and 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 then decided to continue. The CEO of uh, Protective Life said, "Well, let's just continue." And then the second one hit, and we realized that uh, you know America was under attack, and all things would change. And it, ch- and I believe that it has changed uh, since that time. We're not the same, and um, uh, I tell ya, you, you just pause and, in shock that how could have this happened and and we got to deal with the aftermath but the sadness of it all is, is it will affect us forever
0: absolutely and the strange thing is, is that all of our kids that are in K through 12 right mm-hmm. now they were born after it happened right. and so they're learning it from their history books which is an interesting thing greg
2: yeah you know i i remember where i was too and i was uh, with a friend a lifelong friend we both grew up uh, together and we were playing hubble creek's golf course early in the morning just nine holes getting it getting it in uh, my friend got a call from his wife on the last hole we were hitting, and it was odd to hear him ca- get a call that, at that time of morning. And she described it vaguely, but I wasn't sure. So w- we, we were just finishing up when that call came. It was wa- something
0: that our minds didn't like yeah, jump to. Yeah, I wasn't, it was I just wasn't like registering. Yeah.
2: So I walk in the clubhouse, and I see this building that's on fire. And I asked the, the pro, I said, what, what building is that? And he says, it's the World Trade Center. It's th- 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 and I said, the Twin Towers? He said, yeah. And I said, where's the other one? He said it fell, and I remember thinking it fell. I had seen, I had just flown weeks earlier through Newark yeah. and saw the observation window of the Twin mm-hmm. Towers, and just no sooner than he said that, and I'm trying to get my head around what he just said, I saw the second one right. start to collapse. My my uh, sister lives in Pittsburgh. They were they had stopped people being able to get into the city. Her son was at daycare, and she was unable to reach him. Uh, we sat and watched the television the rest of the night. It was, and it, it was, it was um, one of those surreal moments. Uh, and you thought back then, if you think back, we didn't think that was the end of it. We thought th- that this, yes. w- at least I thought, this was, we're going to see more of this. Just the mm-hmm.
0: beginning. Yeah. And, and that so, was the scary part.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, there's been, we can, we can in hindsight, look at our Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. We can look at the uh, Patriot Act and, and yeah. have we infringed on people's civil liberties? I think we have, sadly. But what do you do in those moments? And, and you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that we ha- didn't see a succession of, of terrible attacks, the one we saw on 9-11 well, happen after and, that.
1: You know, and, and, and we did see some uh, that occurred right after. Uh, oh, that's true. But and, and, s- and so, you know, there was a series of, uh, of others. And those of us that were, uh, I was uh, traveling, and, and then to have for the first time in my, in my uh, uh, life that all of a sudden the skies were empty and you couldn't travel. And I remember hustling back to the hotel. Can I get back in here? And spending the week uh, and and waiting for uh, the skies. And and to wait for, I remember my brother was flying from uh, 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 Boston. Wow. And then the wondering, you know, were your loved ones okay that were in the sky? Because we were all worried about what was going to occur at that time. It was a
0: scary time. I even remember flying on the one-year anniversary. I went um, with the family of Brady Howell, who died at the Pentagon, Uh, back to Washington, D.C., and I flew by myself, and I just remember being so nervous because finally uh, people were starting to fly again, but it was the first time the red, I think it was what they called red terror level. was You get to Washington, D.C., you'd never seen it before where there were literally armed military patrolling the streets. There was tanks on the corners, anti-missile defense system. It just, it seemed like you were in a different place, a different country. The one thing I do miss, though, afterwards, after we got through the very scariest part is I feel like we were a unified country. We were all Americans. We were in this together. Absolutely. And we've mm-hmm. lost that. And that's what makes me so sad right now because we feel like a country divided right now on so many issues. I,
2: I, I agree.
1: feel I, like it.
0: I know. <laughs> In I know. I know. Are. and the I thing know. is, is I want to talk about important issues. So I go on social yeah. media to talk about these important issues, but it still feels so terrible that I revert to just putting like a seal hugging like right. a swimmer or something, <laughs> just because I don't want to talk about it. It right. just like is so nasty. So that's why we're here today. We're going to talk about tough issues. So nasty. And so
2: with that, on that note, let's get nasty. Is no, that what you're I saying? don't want to get nasty. <laughs> I, that's we what want. I like about
0: this room yeah. is that we can talk tough topics. We can disagree with each other, mm-hmm. and I think leave friends. Absolutely. Yeah, because when I was filling Mara's spot today, I actually asked Greg because I called a couple people and finding people who are free on a Friday afternoon And after they're day, saying,
2: Hughes, no way. No, no way. way.
0: People are busy, but I said, Greg, name me off a few Democrats you'd like to hang out with It would be fun. And Greg can easily spit out a few people that he's friends with, and I should give a call. So, David, yeah, you, you like <laughs> <write> us <out. laughs> Okay, let's, let's,
2: you, first, you're going to ruin my street cred. Second, <laughs> <laughs> there's just not that many. I do have a few that, you know, we can we can agree <laughs> to disagree, but we're – There's a deep amount of respect for each other. See, I like
0: that, and that's what we need more of in our country. So thank you, both of you, for being here to talk to uh, today. I think the biggest issue right now, and it will be for days, weeks, and months to come, is President Biden's announcement yesterday that there would Mm -hmm. be a vaccine mandate. Um, This comes two months after he declared the nation's independence from the virus. You know, let's burn our masks. You've had your vaccine. You're free. And I think there was this excitement. You know, everyone lets out a deep sigh and a breath, Mm -hmm. and we're like, okay, we're heading in the right direction. Uh, Case counts are extremely high right now, um, but now we're caught in the middle of so many questions. He says employers with 100-plus employees, we're talking about private businesses, are going to be forced to vaccinate or you can get tested on a weekly basis. That'll affect 80 million people, all healthcare facilities, all federal employees and contractors, and they have no test-out option. That's the difference there. And if you violate it, it's $14,000 a person. When you first heard this, David, did you think, um, are there going to be any – Legal issues, will states challenge yeah. this, or well, what's going to happen? Of
1: course. Uh, you know, I'm glad you let me go first, because uh, once you get started, you <laughs> normally can't, stop can, can't, can't so quite get down. Me. So will oh, oh oh oh, oh, uh, Mute him uh, for <laughs> just a moment. Uh, you know, of course, you know that we're We're divided. And it's, it's like one ball gets put into motion, and now we're going to see what happens back. What to me is sad is that we've had to come to this point that we're so divided in not talking about the wellness or protection of people that we're having to come out with extreme measures on both parts. I happen to like the carrot better uh, than the stick. I would have preferred having a 50% surcharge on every single individual that chooses not to get vaccinated in their health insurance. If a smoker can get... A surcharge why can't somebody who's taking up the room of uh, uh, the intensive care when we look at the doctors we looked at the nurses that can't take anymore and are wore out drastic measures are happened to be taken I don't like this one I understand it but what I do like is just one of the things that I like about this guy sitting right next <laughs> yeah. to me we won't agree on everything that we do but one of the things that I like about him he'll put an act into motion to make a difference. And I'll put an act into motion to make a difference. I don't happen to like this one. I don't like employers being deputized to enforce laws. But we've done it in other things. We do it on immigration. We do it on a lot of things. But I understand the president happened to do this. I think it's critical I think that our intensive care facilities can't take anymore. Our doctors can't take anymore. It's sad that we're divided as a country and we can't do it in harmony and unity on our own. But something needed to be done. I would have preferred it to be something else.
0: Is it okay, though? I mean, there's uh, most people who take the vaccine are going to be okay. There are Mm -hmm. going to be people who have side effects. And um, Mm -hmm. I've talked to some of those people. So where there's risk, a lot of people say there should be choice. Are we taking mm-hmm. away that choice in a country that um, proclaims freedom and choice well, and the ability to do that? Or are there times where there shouldn't be choice?
1: Well, I think that we are to a time we need to do something different. I don't like the action that we've taken. I understand it. I'm not so sure as if, if I was, which I would never want to be, president of the United States, that I wouldn't have chose a different direction. I prefer uh, a carrot, 50% surcharge on insurance, and I'll tell you what—a whole lot of people would have got vaccinated.
2: Look, here's here's uh, is your turn yet? Uh, yeah. Well, I've been oh. waiting forever here, man. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, I've been waiting, and I waiting. Like, <laughs> then Heidi went, and it's <laughs> like, I'm not going to get a turn here unless it's like, i no one's like giving it to me. No one's <laughs> handing right, the so ball here's off. Your chance. so here great. we go.
0: So, talk to me about this. Um, were yeah. you surprised by President Biden's announcement I don't yesterday? Know that
2: anything that Biden's doing lately is surprising me. Sadly, <laughs> it's it seems to be, it it just seems to be an overreach that you're going to have to get the courts involved and see if the separation mm-hmm. of powers are being honored. And, and, and you're going to, and I think this will get settled in the courts. And I don't think that what he's doing will stand a uh, legal muster. I, I think that he's gone too far. The, I think David, one of the issues that a lot of Americans have mm-hmm. is that when you're talking about a medical procedure and it should be easy for Democrats or mm-hmm. people that find themselves on the abortion issue pro uh, pro choice to, when we talk about the personal nature of a medical procedure, and the and an individual's right to choose, mm-hmm. um, I think that I think there is something that elevates beyond um, you know, other other restrictions or requirements that, a, that an employer may impose or like, someone else
1: like mass deaths.
2: Well, I, yeah, well, yeah. any okay. of it. I I, just I'll wondered. just say this: when <laughs> when this thing started, one of the one of the things that the le- Utah legislature did in a special session, given that we didn't mm-hmm. have our arms around this this mm-hmm. pandemic and what it is and how mm-hmm. it would impact people is that we put broad immunity uh, from liability for Mm -hmm. businesses and for institutions Mm -hmm. of higher learning so that if you went somewhere and you got COVID and you had complications and you were to be permanently disabled, temporarily disabled or killed, you couldn't litigate or sue the place that you had gone to if Mm -hmm. that's where you got it. Same with employees that were working. If people were working in an atmosphere and they got it, they couldn't go after their employer. So it was requested by business that there be some shield liability now i would argue that if we want now government or these businesses mm-hmm. or institutions to now require medical procedures then that shield of liability shouldn't be there as well but i think you uh, if you want to get into this space if you're yeah. going to start deciding yeah. to protect them you shouldn't enjoy the we, government's uh, li- shield of all liability you should get Greg, into that and i think we're just still in this global we, clinical trial where i think people are making yeah, reasonable yeah, yeah. choices but
1: Absolute is never absolute. When we talk about shielding employers, and I'm an employer. I have multiple companies. But when we have employers that are requiring people to work shoulder to shoulder with no care at all, whether it's a Tyson's, well, I better not be saying names. Whether it's a chicken factory, someone who makes or chicken. what happened, <laughs> what happened is is that is that absolute's never good. You've got to have reasonable reaction
2: for the protection I, of our talent, and that's yeah. a whole different okay. subject. and but no, but to the point of reasonable, I will yes, never to understand. To the point of reasonable, I will never understand, and no one can explain to me why immunity versus those that are not immune versus vaccinated versus those that are not because it is there is plenty of science out there now and there's plenty of data now that shows if you get covid and your body creates natural antibodies you can test for those I've have been testing myself every single month since the CDC said you only this is only going to last you for 90 days then you got to get vaccinated since that 90 days was over every month I get tested to see if I have yeah. antibodies if I can show you that through natural immunity that I'm safe okay. Then I should be able to present that, but we don't talk about this in terms of immunity versus those that are not immune. We talk vaccinated versus not vaccinated, and I think that that is where I, I think it people is get strange frustrated. to me that we're it not
0: talking about herd immunity in yeah. the sense that we always have, but where you or get to a strength immunity. to
2: the natural immunity as well. Yeah, there's you a, get they're it. They're finding that the but delta the fa- breakthroughs the fa- are happening more than the natural.
1: But the. The part that to, to me is alarming and the part that is unacceptable is we've turned it into a, to a political football game, and yeah. it shouldn't be. We should be looking at at, at at having some conversations and being able to have, have some, if, if something shows that, yes, what you just explained is right, right. fine, let's do it but instead we've turned it into them against us and and that isn't going to help america in any way I agree with david
2: and i but i will say this if you look at what and i've said this in past shows with candidate joe biden when he was running for president Mm -hmm. we had operation warp speed we knew that there were vaccines and research going that would Mm -hmm. come to market at some time in the near future they Mm -hmm. didn't know when right and the question in a debate was posed to president or to uh, candidate joe biden if your president and Operation Warp Speed produces these vaccines, are he you going no, to take I it? He
0: said no, I didn't he? He was yeah. hesitant,
2: but he, said, but he qualified it. He said if it's a transparent process, if this has been fully vetted by the medical as well as scientific community, uh, then I would have confidence in it and I would do it. The frustration that many feel is that there is a censorship on social media. There, I, yeah. They do it, I think, sometimes with the best of intentions. I don't want to create vaccine hesitancy. Thank heavens. But I'm telling you that if you don't let the full vetting of different studies, uh, Cleveland Clinic did a study, and then they had to apologize for doing the study because they showed that natural immunity yeah. was strong. But then they said, oh, you're going to create ha- vaccine hesitancy. You, if it feels like you're – if America, the American people feel like information is being h- hidden from you, them, that's okay. what raises the suspicion. And, and and it I doesn't think help.
1: I think you and I would both agree – Good studies should be available Correct. to everyone. Absolutely. But how in the world do you get the uh, uh, hearsay studies or the uh, bizarre? Uh, but it ain't uh, these uh, fact checkers. Are, that, you got these that kids are, that are, these are on that are social on media social
2: So you've got these fact checkers, though, David, that they don't know their head from a hole in the ground. They're the ones that are deciding what's what's what's
1: ethical. Well, it's kind of like cable news.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Whether it's this side
1: or that side. And I think one of the problems
0: (laughs) is that sometimes there is, you know, there's so many studies getting shared online that instead of talking about them, I think we should treat, you know, all of us like adults here in the United States of America and give people information. the problem is. Is that you can't ask about herd immunity yeah. by the normal sense by talking yeah. about people who get the virus in the wild or who get it through the vaccine. You're not allowed to talk about breakthrough cases. I'm starting Cut. to hear more of it, but if you could just talk facts and say, here are the numbers, this is what's happening, and treat everyone like the adults oh, that we yeah. are and we, have a conversation, I think it could take away a lot of the hesitancy because yeah. people wouldn't feel like there was I, I information like, I, being I, hidden from let them. Me ask you this I, I love this.
1: Now you're talking about like re- having real history.
0: Right? So, David, so David <laughs> well, walk me through this to one. Racial
1: history in David? America. We're, know we're adult that.
2: enough to handle whatever we did. Exactly. You we. know, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Yes. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Some of the Couldn't vaccine hesitant <laughs> communities, it's not all Trump voters, by the way. Everybody thinks that everybody that doesn't want a vaccine is a Trump voter. We have well, minority. Trump was one of
0: the first to get the vaccine. I know. So we, we have minority speed. communities
2: yeah. that through culture or, or through uh, Tuskegee, whatever it is, there are people in this no in this country that have been hesitant to get the vaccine. Is it fair if you have a, a demographic of people uh, that are not vaccinated that you would charge more on their paycheck or do more that would be hinder them in their household income if they're not well off, if they're the working would class?
1: Would it be fair that, that those if are things we got to The non-vaccinated are, are 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 98% of the intensive care uh, uh, users would it like a smoker or anybody else, would it not be fair to charge them extra
2: for their insurance so uh, yeah i think okay, I, would, I think I, that I, would be I, a better way to go have, yeah that's i it. think so it would be a better way and to go. i like that delta airlines says we're going to take $200 out of your paycheck if yeah. you're not doing this i think that that could disproportionately harm poor no working doubt. class people in ways that's just fundamentally not fair well, and I, I worry we, about that. We could come out with the what, whatnot, the buts yeah. on everything yeah, we you're talk right, about. You're right. And the one of the things They're I always like about you—that's
1: what drives is me you, crazy—you never did that.
0: Yeah. If, and the it problem, was, if
1: you felt like it was the right thing to do, right. you got to take yep. the butts. Uh, and and the problem with the surcharges is yep. you'd
0: have to look at all the choices we make. Does that mean you charge someone more who ends up in the hospital who didn't wear their seatbelt? Do you charge them more if all they eat is hamburgers and french fries and they drink too much soda and they had a heart attack? Or, I like you that. You know, there's so many life decisions. That's not such a
2: bad idea. Are He's you sure, a, sure you're the, not in business? From the healthy guy. <laughs> this guy doesn't drink soda. Yeah, of course yeah, you want to charge it. That's just unfair. Look at you. You're just a physical specimen. You can't hold us all To David Abara's well,
1: world, why shouldn't you. we take care of the vessel in which <laughs> no, our soul I, lives? I
2: agree, it is I true. agree. I, I last on this topic for me, at least, and you guys keep till going. I think it would be a much more responsible approach, and I think you'd have less hesitancy if we could identify and talk amongst each other who the real there are some demographics of people that are more at risk than others. I have a sister, she smokes yeah. more than a pack a day. Yeah, she was saying to me, I'm not so sure about this whole vaccine thing, and I mm-hmm. said, Mandy. You gave up health and wellness decades ago yeah. when you started smoking. It's a yeah. respiratory virus. You've got to get that yeah. vaccine right away. Yep. If you're older, I mean, there are t- vulnerable populations that we should be making sure we're drilling down and making sure right. people are safe. If you, I think you should screen. I've never seen this one-size-fits-all for medical procedures. Screen people. If they have the presence of the antibody what? and antibodies are rare or, or scarce and so we got to make sure everyone gets them, let's screen Why? before vaccine. What How about is that? common
1: sense seems so
2: odd? I know. Well, I... Thank you. You I know. know,
1: and absolute is just not is, is not the way I, to go. I, that's, but that's we've got ourselves in this situation. How we're going to get out is not going to be pretty because we're going to use it to divide us instead of talk about uh, uh, studies, instead of talk about the vulnerable groups, instead of talking about how to ha- handle yep. the, the costs. But what we're not talking is about the doctors and nurses that simply can't take anymore. Yep. And we got to care.
0: We do have to care. And I like to believe that, I would want to say both sides, but all sides, because I think there's more than just two sides and everything. But I think people can. No, oh, there's just
1: we, mine and his.
0: <laughs> we just come from different realities. David and reality. I can work this
2: whole thing out. If yeah. You don't know the truth of We've
0: it. all had different experiences that lead us to how we believe. So I That's think we right. really have to le- listen right. to people with respect. Uh, right now, uh, the death penalty is a big topic of conversation again. And that happened mm-hmm. this week because Utah County Attorney David Lovett announced. Mm-hmm on Wednesday, that he will no longer seek the death penalty. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. one family who has a case right now going through, a couple Mm -hmm. teenagers um, who were murdered, and now they don't have that. Greg, I'll let you start on this one. Uh, Does he have the right and ability... Is he starting an important conversation? What's your gut reaction when you hear this from the prosecutor in Utah County? So
2: I don't think it's within I, – I, I. it's disappointing to hear that prejudge before any circumstances are brought to the table on a, on capital punishment offenses uh, that, that he has already taken that off yeah. the table. Law enforcement has described to me that just the prospect of the death penalty uh, in certain cases will get uh, a plea where the information and closure can happen because – the death, penalty, the death penalty isn't done, but because it's out there, they've been able to, f- to, to land on what happened to the, the victim or something like that. So
0: it doesn't stop them com- from committing the crime, but they might say, here's Cor- where the body correct. is the or provide The fact that it's in,
2: oh, arrow in the quiver, there, it, it can, it can in cases, and this is what law enforcement tells me, it, it can motivate someone to really uh, let someone know what really happened to avoid Uh, a penalty like that if you are in utah county and you know that there is no prospect of that at all uh what's your motivation to maybe plea something like that down now having said that i it may surprise some people but i'm not the biggest fan of the death penalty i i'm not all that Mm -hmm. cool with the with government executing the citizenry i think government makes mistakes on a on a Mm -hmm. a lot of levels showed us that and so i'm not i'm not as and i don't like sentencing hearings because once you've determined someone's guilty then you have this bizarre only in capital offense charges where where death penalties you know being decided upon, yeah. the jury has to decide whether uh, they already decide they're guilty. Now are, are they have they connected enough that they don't want them to see see them executed, or do they have a parent, uh, an ecclesiastical leader is a family member that's begging for their child's life, and it's heart it moves them enough that they're willing to not give the death penalty to one person, but but another person, they are willing yeah. to see uh, put and to and they death. have to live with those decisions and, too. Yeah, and honestly, that's not even based on the crime. That's based on who the jury's connecting with. I just think it's weird. I just, I don't like the death penalty well, per se. But I will tell you this: uh, a, a county attorney <laughs> that just sits and says it doesn't exist in my world. Yeah. It's artificial, and it doesn't. And it's it's sad that he did that because I think it undermines. A broader discussion we ought to be having about that so should yeah. the
0: legislature take right. it up i know they took it up in 2016 and 2018 it looks like they're going to tackle it in 2022 is there the willpower to go after it right now is this
2: my turn um, i'm
0: going to let him answer i'll just use. answer
2: it technically because i know they. <laughs> okay. i can feel your look okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, technically waiting. representative lowry snow from uh, washington mm. county he has he's he used to be the president of utah state bar a mm. thoughtful attorney I used to call him one of the House's white hairs. He's a good man, a good leader. He's filed he's filed the bill uh, to uh, to get rid of the death penalty but put some other charges in there that hopefully would compel defendants if they were to plea out, would be motivated to, yeah. to tell what really happened. So it had legs. When I was in the legislature, when I served as Speaker, it passed in the Senate. We didn't even have a vote on it on the floor. We didn't have the, the support for it. But that effort in the next in the upcoming session is going to happen. We'll see whether it has legs or not.
0: Should this be a conversation that we're having here in the state of Utah?
1: Well, let me just say this. I'm going to go in a little different direction, if I may. Yes. Uh, My niece, uh, Kendra Isaacson, was uh, killed in a drive-by shooting in Kearns some time ago, and her uh, daughter, Angel, uh, is 19, was just on one of the news programs and interviewed that the uh, young man that uh, uh, killed Kendra, and uh, she died in the arms of uh, my other niece, Wow. Uh, how do you re- how do you respond to vengeance? And is it a good motion? It's an emotion I, do, I frankly don't want to be in charge of. I know how I feel about that young man who's up for parole. But then I heard her interviewed. And she and when they asked her what she thought should happen to the man who killed her mother, she says, I'd want to know whether he's sorry. I'd want to know whether he has repented to himself. And it hurt his life and his family's life and mine forever. And I think if we lose that, and I don't want to be the one that's making the decision about a life or death, I think that's God's role. It's not mine. And uh so I'm I'm conflicted. I know how I felt at the moment and I know how I would have reacted in my neighborhood, but that's wrong too, and I just don't think I don't yeah, think we gain anything from as a society when we go after revenge in that kind of a fashion. For me,
0: yeah, and it cost. Um, one of the things that um, Utah County Attorney David Lovett brought up is that it costs so much money. And I don't know if, you know, money is a factor. I guess money's a factor in everything, but it costs a lot of money with all the appeals and going through the court process, and it's never-ending. And there's definitely different attorneys you have to use when it's a death penalty case. There's just a lot more that goes into it. And he talks about the fact, you know, that yeah. sometimes they do get it wrong. And so it's definitely yeah. something that I think we need to talk about. Well, Whether he went about it in the right way is a, yeah, the, is the a so question I, that I don't some, know. But. but
1: sometimes to me there's something worse than death. And that's to live a life that isn't a quality life. And that's the conversation that I'd rather have <laughs> is what do you do with somebody that's committed a heinous act? And uh, sh- it certainly shouldn't get uh, uh, the conversations of a quality of life. It's lock up to me and probably by yourself.
2: I, I've said, put them in uh, pink jumpsuits and make them break rocks till the end of the day yeah, and then go meet your maker. Yeah. But, but, uh, but that's, maybe that's a little harsh, but, but, but that's, but yeah. The problem with the, the county attorney in Utah County, David Levitt, doing it unilaterally yeah. on his own—that's uh, I, I just—it's a. I don't believe that's his juris. I don't think it's we, his decision to make that way, and I think it undermines law enforcement and hurts the very issue that he's. Yeah. Uh, we
1: we need to tackle this as a nation. Yeah. When we get in, when you know, where we always go wrong is when somebody interprets the law and takes it upon themselves to enact it in a different way, whether it be a county, a state, a city, and and, and and that's part of our problem in our own state, is our county and city and state aren't even in the same place. Yeah. And we gotta be in the same place. And this thing called harmony, it it's 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 not sissy talk. It's big boy talk. Big big, big it's adult talk.
0: It takes yeah. big people to come to the table yeah. on that. And I know that Utah too stands out like a little bit of a sore thumb on this because we still allow the firing squad And anytime it comes up, it's only, you know, every 10, 15, 20 years. But um, there's a lot of talk about whether that should be happening or not. So um, I think that he's opened the conversation. So 2022, January, February, when the legislature meets, it sounds like this is a conversation we will continue to be having. And it's not the only tough conversation. Uh, Utah Senate President Stuart Adams uh, was at the ALEC convention. And apparently some video leaked of that. That was back in May. And... On a tape that was released, he said that Donovan Mitchell did not understand uh, state critical race theory resolution. Whether it was taken out of context or not, you could hear him on this video saying that he really would like to educate educate him. That never plays well, uh, David, to have a white man saying that he wants to educate a black man on critical race theory, even if his intentions were not what it sounded like. What do you think about the issue here, and how do we fix it?
1: Well... As a uh, brown man being raised in Utah, in uh, Utah County, it it, it wasn't easy and it wasn't pleasant, and it was real. And uh, being a kid who grew up in Utah foster care, feeling like it didn't belong, uh, I remind myself that uh, there were some in Utah that are just plain racist, but there's more in Utah that are not. And everybody that helped me in my life, Uh, I've categorized them by uh, race, and uh, the far majority happen to be white. But it still hurts when somebody tries to tell me that they want to uh, regulate the history that occurred. History is history. We've got a new book out called Latino Leaders uh, Speak by the Latino Leaders Network, which is my brother's organization, and it's 31 chapters of contributions by top Latino leaders that we want to tell the real story. There's being a story that's being told. We're not included. And so we want that book in yeah. every single library. But you know what? And I, I almost dare not say this, but now here I go, because I have no filter. <laughs> the <laughs> I love it. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can correct some of their history, and I applaud them. Because all of us are simply men and women We're not perfect. And we are subject to the generational thoughts of the time. And when we can correct it and have a conversation about race in America, we're a better America. And when we try to have a filter of what's going to be in our history books, that divides us even further. And it certainly doesn't make us feel good uh, people of color.
2: Yeah, I I concur with everything David just said. I, where, where I don't like the narrative from Gordon Monson, the, the sports writer for the Tribune who, who had his own take on this, this issue, is that we got a culture where there's a power of celebrity. And I'm going to tell you that not a lot of people, rightly so, are not familiar with, and this isn't condescending, this is just reality. People are, are not familiar with the legislative process. They're not. They don't. It's it's why we have a, repre- a democratically elected republic because you elect someone to go up there, have the public hearings, do these things, and so our connection to how that process works might not be uh, deep. What or so perfect? Pre- or perfect. What President Adams was trying to say in that in that statement was that there was a well known, very very popular NBA star who was very was very was unhappy with the bill or the resolution that they were passing. And he wanted to make sure that, that he, that Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, the NBA star, understood the context and what they were doing and why they were doing it and educate him on what the bill was actually meant to do. Now, we can say that if you're black and I'm white, I can never say yeah. I need to inform you, yeah. but I would say such broad characterizations of people by color yeah. only – would be racist in and of itself. Well, these these lawmakers yeah. have public hearings on every single yeah. thing they do, where people of all color and creed come and well, talk about bills. Well, he was saying we got to reach out yeah. to him. We got to reach yeah. out to him and let him at least know the context. Well, let me. I don't want to demonize uh, President Adams for what he said because I think yeah. he he was saying I want to reach out uh, and make sure he understands what we're actually about and what uh, we're trying to l- accomplish. Oh, yeah. David does Pre- not agree. Uh, uh, uh,
1: Senator Adams is a good man. I like him. And I've met with him a lot of times. A lot, we get ourselves in trouble just by being POWs, prisoner of words. We use the yeah, wrong word. We use the term. wrong phrase. And then it automatically gets interpreted. And the negativism that lives within us, that negative state of mind, we go on the attack instead of saying, hey, what did you mean? The conversation uh, didn't occur, and I'm sure if Donovan and Senator uh, Adams Adams. got in the same room, they'd have a good conversation. But what it sounds like is we have some on cable news that say, NBA stars just dribble. And so that thought gets carried over into interpreting what uh, someone might say. But in Utah, we are about the most clumsy people (laughs) on earth to talk about race because we have not been exposed to a lot of interactions with different kinds of people you go to california you go to uh uh, washington you go to pittsburgh and we're and we're wondering like yeah him and i would have been best friends uh we would never been separated because he's white and i'm brown that just doesn't exist but it does in utah so it gets exaggerated senator Adams is a good guy yep he and, and he's a knowledgeable guy, and he's leading and and, 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 and I think it just got taken in the, yeah, in, it, into wrong directions.
2: For me, I look at the world less in co- terms of color. Uh, we know demographics are what they are, but I, I look at people that are just trying to stru- making their way. It's the little guy, the little gal. I don't care race color creed. If you're working and you're trying to m- make a mortgage, raise kids, put food on the table, it's just the everyday people. Yeah. It's hard for me to read a story that would that would take a person with as much persuasion and i would argue power as donovan mitchell and make a victim out of him when the everyday people are struggling every day to make a a living that will never have a conversation with a senate president Mm -hmm. or or regardless of what color of their skin so i don't i i just i don't like the the way these narratives start to emerge Mm -hmm. i just think that to david's point People need to talk to each other, do it like yes. adults, eyeball to eyeball, not these narratives that get out. Get, get on the other hand, us. though,
1: an NBA basketball star should be able to have an opinion, should be able to talk, Absolutely. and should not be told to just dribble. And that's occurring on cable news. So, they yeah, live in our so, communities, yeah. in our
0: neighborhoods. We're and, all and, going to and, work. We just have different and, jobs. And, and,
1: and he's a great guy. Yeah, He's yeah. a good guy, both caring people, but again, I think that what's been thrown out there and the negative that attracts it, negative attracts more negative, is that we end up uh, uh, with some bizarre conversations, and we, go, and we go, how did we get here? We need to come together, and I wish the two of them would get together and just show people how we can talk to each other, fix something, and be Utahns again.
0: I think it's so important. I like that you say that we're prisoners of words because I think social media does that where you grab a snippet and a snippet and it, you don't really understand the context yeah. or what's behind it. And it's just words flying back and forth. So I really hope that we can all find someone who thinks different, looks different, acts different than us and sit down, have a conversation and realize how much we all have yeah, in common. I'd
1: be mad at each other. For I'm sure. not mad at him yet. <laughs>
0: Why, why, why are you going to say yet?
2: Why did okay. why, you put the yet in there? We're actually you know? out of time, but I'm going to go everybody into overtime interested. because I have you both <laughs> in the same
0: room uh, where we can talk homelessness issues, which are popping up again. It seems like every time we get to the end of the summer, we move into fall, there's a new concern. Do we have enough housing um, for our homeless friends here in Salt Lake City, here in Ogden, in St. George? It's not just a Wasatch Front problem, but we're talking about the ballpark neighborhood and can they and will they take on an overflow shelter at the same time. We're having people call in and complain on a regular hmm. basis about what they're seeing in daylight hours, scary things at pioneer park. I see it across the street from KUTV on main street. I'm shocked by some of the things I see. I just want to go home and like scrub my eyeballs out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, David, what do we do right now to solve the problem? We have a new yeah. czar of sorts over yeah. um, homelessness in the state. Yeah. Uh, the city has put someone in charge. Yeah. But I feel like we're still back to square one before Greg Hughes even started working yeah. on it.
1: Well, you know what? We, we pretty much are. Uh, but I, t- I tell you what, you know, several of the things. I, I, instead of talking about the mistakes, I want to talk about what do we do from here going forward. The first thing is that one of the things I really just uh, is curious to me, my homeless friends, uh, I think we use the word friend uh, pretty uh, uh, different because if I seen a friend that was homeless, they'd be in my car and going home with me. Uh, I wouldn't accept it. We wouldn't accept it. We wouldn't accept it. We wouldn't accept it. But instead, we put a nice term on it and so that we feel good when we go home to our warm place. There's a difference between those that are homeless and have nowhere to go and those that want to be in the street. And when we have the uh, uh, folks that want to be in a tent city, and we got to attack that differently. When we have the uh, the the, the uh, a place for somebody to go, we that's an easy fix. Yeah. But the resistant to a uh, a shelter that's not an easy fix. They're two different problems. I believe that our mayor, who I like as a person, I think she's absolutely not equipped to handle this job meaning homelessness. And to be ignorant to a subject, what does ignorant mean? Lack of knowledge for a subject. I'm ignorant in a lot of things, but I have a lot of good vice presidents that are not ignorant in the same subject. It's about the ability of a leader to get a specialized talent team around them that folks that have addressed it and have a formula for it and to put it into motion. Instead, we've got a city council who tell you, well, my job's just about the budget. Don't call me on lawlessness. Don't call me on homelessness. And it grows and grows. We've got a mayor who will talk about we're trending in the right direction. Are you kidding me? We got a police chief who's going to tell us, "Well, uh, you know, perception is reality." Hey, chief, get in the street because it's not perception. We got real problems, and we're in the moment that we recognize them. And the, and I hope this mayor will, because I like her and I want her to succeed. We cannot hope she doesn't. There'll be two more years. We have to succeed, but we succeed when we say. We have a problem, and we look for the solution and put it into motion and get rid of the ya yeah, but" brothers and sisters that are going to point out every reason that homelessness is not unique to a metro. It doesn't have to be so what, unique David, to this metro. So, step one,
0: what, what would you do if you were in charge and you were in the mayor's office right now? Well, what the first thing
1: that I'm, I'm going to do is change the dialogue between state and county, and mostly state. I think that they could depend on, uh, on they have to depend on,
0: accidentally cut us off mid thought here with david abara you said that we really have to join together you said with the county and the state why is there a divide there
1: well the city is like it's not part of the state and when it comes, and it's because of the political divide, a Republican and a Democrat, I look at it as a business person, it's a problem. And when you can come together around the table and not just to have dialogue, because if I hear one more, we're going to have another uh, a dialogue, I'm going to throw up. Uh, we have to have an action plan, and we've got to get together who's going to do what, and how are we going to participate. But first, we've got to divide the problem into two parts. One of it is homelessness, and that is about moving people off the street who want to be off the street into a resource center that's real nine points of entry that we have a program to put together so that they can come out in 30 60 90 days and go in to affordable housing or housing like the other side village the other one is more problematic it's shelter resistant on that one there can be no uh right to sleep on public space and at night, we should be able to move folks to a safe place, field house, where they can stay, low entry, you stay there, and if you resist, then you should go to 72. 72- Our uh, lockup, and we have a gel available to us, uh, Oxbow, that that has 300 and something beds, but it's just not manned with personnel. So we already got that facility built. We need to build the overnight stay facilities, and they ought to be next to a resource center, and it shouldn't give you a lot, a peanut butter sandwich, a bologna sandwich. Why do I only get that? Because you're only staying here overnight. And the heck with you, David. Well, I love you. The heck with you. I love you. Every day until somebody gains the desire to say, hey, Greg, I kind of like to talk about maybe going into there. Maybe I need change. And you until, can't
0: help someone until they're ready. Until they have That's desire,
1: right. you can't help them. But what we can do is end the lawlessness and the criminal element that has embedded itself in this community and are thriving. We aren't losing our city. We aren't on the way to become Seattle, Portland, and San Francisco. The, we have joined them, and we've got to recognize it. And I'm sure the rebuttal to me will be, oh, David doesn't get it. He's, you go back to your Excel spreadsheet, and I'll walk the street at night with anybody who wants to walk with me. And I think they'll recognize this is not the Salt Lake City that we grew up in, and we need to get it back
0: same plan or do you yeah. have a different plan no
2: the, it's hard for me to re-engage in this issue because we had worked so hard as a state to work with partners in the city and the county and it wasn't easy there were some even public fights as we try to get this going what what has happened what was happening before we tried to take it on in, tw- in the summer of seven mm-hmm. 2017 and what is again happening in our state but happens around the country is somebody and some for some reason we have as a population and a people We are satisfied with warehousing human beings. Mm -hmm. It is the most cruel. It is the most inhumane thing you can do to just warehouse people without Mm -hmm. regard to their welfare. And that's Mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. The moment we decide and that we do, and this isn't a theory. We did this for some time before it all went away. If you can understand the individual story of every single person, if I know they're a veteran and there's veteran resources, we can we, can res- we don't have to mm-hmm. reinvent it. We have resources. If we know people's stories, if you have AIDS, there's resources for people suffering with AIDS. Everybody has a story, and it's not overwhelming. We had six to 7,000 people camping out in the summer of 17 in the Rio Grande area. If Google Maps could give you a satellite view of every single street in this country, maybe world, we could drill down and know the personal story of every person. You know who doesn't want you to know their story? Criminals. People mm-hmm. that, are, that are slinging drugs. Those that, that want to be out there, those that have profited mightily off the suffering of mm-hmm. others. We have wolves among the vulnerable population who profit on this second every second of every day. Right. And when we created a safe space and we said we have laundry facilities and you can get your hair cut and we're going to help you get a state ID, but you just, you know, give us something that with a barcode, you don't even have to tell us your real name, but if you tell us something that helps us know and keep track of who you are and how we're going to help you, we can be better at what we do. People, you were, it was amazing how many people were willing to do yeah. that, to have that card. You know who didn't? The criminals. Yeah. The people, that was like kryptonite to those yeah. that wanted to prey upon them. So we had all these people that were camping along the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. They were there because bottom line, what we found out is they couldn't go through the gauntlet of drug dealers and people offering them balloons of heroin mm-hmm. because they were miserable. That self-medicating yeah. wasn't out of the realm because their lives were in were in turmoil. But they didn't want to be tempted, so they stayed away and they camped out in other places. If we don't protect people and we don't create resource centers where this isn't your new home, we're not warehousing you here. (laughs) We need – we purposely, the beds aren't enough for everybody, so we need you to move move along in 30, 60, 90 days. But there's an urgency to it that requires more resources and more money for those resource centers which they don't have mm-hmm. right now. Do
0: we have enough beds though because we built we spent millions of dollars on different resource centers yeah, is that we, not enough now? No,
2: Well, let it, me tell you. We never we never did we never carried the plan through. Yeah. The problem is we knew that we had less beds than we had people but we weren't trying to build permanent residences. We wanted mm-hmm. there to be an urgency that people had to get on their feet and get to We the were going to shrink it. And that and wasn't we had the end to game, move yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. we had to move people along but you know what that's going to cost more than just warehousing people, can, and can, we didn't fund it appropriately to do to see that resource center model uh, be successful. Let me and ask you: I something. had to watch that from the outside. Can I, may
1: I which ask? Was can, h- difficult. Let me listening. let me ask you: this. As a business person, and I am, if you had an entity that was fighting against the opening of a resource center because it would ruin their shelter, would you put them in charge of the resource center? Not at all. Not, Not at all. for One second, and we've done it, and we wonder. Why we lost the resource center.
2: Yeah. We we've had a lot of there, there's a lot of look it, adults fighting over adult systems sadly is what a lot of politics is. Someone and, and the homeless situation is the same. We, Do we should need be that overflow incentive-
0: shelter on 13th in Wait, the ballpark neighborhood. W- well,
1: not in the ballpark neighborhood for sure. But uh, but now because we're not addressing it, we're not shrinking it. We're not addressing the issues. The nine reasons. I mean, when you look at Gail Miller and Palmer DePaulis, Mayor Palmer DePaulis, and the and the research they did, I happen to have read it. It was good, but we didn't do anything with it. We, we, we started it and didn't finish it, and until we're going to address the cause, we're, the population's going to grow. Uh, 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 we ought to have the talent manning these facilities that get incentivizing, incentivize them for shrinking the population.
0: So you if need to you, get a bonus for like yes, empty beds.
1: Empty beds. Right. You get a bonus. You get a bonus if one has to be closed. You, you get three years worth of pay, maybe.
0: What would be wrong with that?
2: We had a legislative audit that showed that when you put somebody into housing, you give them a voucher for three months and then they, they didn't get on their feet and they did they were evicted. When they came back through they got a new mem- they got a new number. And so the and the homeless yeah. and the, the 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 database they were you brand new. Track them. Yeah. So now that they, it looked like you successfully placed someone in housing, yeah. but that same person's coming through now they're getting a different uh, an, a number, identification number, which is which again is is problematic. I will tell you that that until we decide that we want to help people and that we are going to move them through and help them be sustainable, and uh, and also at the same time understand that there are just wolves out there that want to prey upon them. The saddest thing. I ever saw, and the happiest thing I ever saw was when I was volunteering and providing meals at at lunchtime at at St. Vincent's. When I started doing that, when the wolves were still out there and the drug dealers and cartels Mm -hmm. were running those streets, people would never raise their eyes to look at you to thank you when you took their ticket, when you handed them a tray. You'd ask people to return their trays after they were done. Trays were strewn on the tables. People barely ever would make eye contact. When we created safe spaces and we did not tolerate the lawlessness People's eyes lifted. They spoke with you. You got to know their names. You People were returning the trays to the a- area they were asked to. Everything, the atmosphere changed. It became brighter. It's hard to have seen that. And to see that progress made, to see it crumble before your eyes, and that's what you have right now.
1: You, when, when, when we look at our leaders, and that news conference was so incredibly pathetic, to, he, to see two of our leaders, our mayor, And the chief, talking like that and reading something, they couldn't even read well. Heck, I couldn't read it well. I could never, ever let it part my lips. Because that wasn't true. And the other fact is that was not, that was a can't comment. You know, I always, I live by this phrase. I say it every morning. Some see things as they are and say, why? Woe is me. Others dream dreams that never were and say, why not? Why not me? If I'm going to have somebody in, in, in my team and we've got a big project and they proceed to tell me all the reasons that they can't, they're not going to be on my team. It's
0: the wrong guy for the job. Yeah,
1: I'm a Mexican, not a Mexicant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this man
2: means business. He doesn't yeah. mess around. That's why I got such high respect for him. But, look, you can tell there's a lot of motion in this issue. It's a tough issue. It is. We both, we both cut our yeah. teeth to some extent in this issue, and it's hard to watch it and see that uh, you're not seeing – the potential that is there, you're not seeing it realized. We and, and, need and, and our mayor
1: to succeed. We need our chief to get back to doing his job. We need this. We don't, we all lose if she doesn't raise up and take this problem and handle it like any other business individual with experience would. She can, she must, I pray she will.
0: All right. Hopefully, uh, this will be heading in the right direction. Tell your friends to listen. Maybe they can solve some problems by <laughs> listening to the Take Two podcast. Thank you, both of you, for being here. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends about us and give us a rating.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that was fun.
0: I get